Well, hey, welcome back to the tastiest part of the week on Coast Access Radio. Welcome back to the studio. It's at the table with Gail. Hey, Gail. Hi, Tanya. Well, we have got some tasty recipes today, so um, they're all looking good. And I had a good look through my books, and I've come up with these ones that I've got today. What have you been up to in the last week? Do you just sit around looking for recipes all week? No, you don't. You have your fingers in so many pies. I dedicate a little bit of time on Monday, though. I think I mentioned that last week. You know, yeah. I just sort of go through the books and I look and I think, oh, yes, that looks nice or, oh, that's suitable for this week or whatever. Yeah. Oh, you've been a busy woman. I like the sound of the first one because I am a huge fan of salmon or fish pies or seafood mornays. So as soon as this one came through on the email, I was like, oh, yeah. Well, I love, I'm like you, I love fish pie, but I must admit it's not a a great favourite in my household. It never has been, but I love it if you go out and, you know, there's fish pie in the cabinet or something like that. And I think, oh, yes, get my fish pie fix. (laughs) But I do love salmon. I'm like you, Tanya. I do love salmon. I love the Mornay sort of side of it Mm. too as well. So I've chosen this one for this week, and it's salmon Mornay pie with cheesy mash. Oh, that's terrible for my waistline, but bring it on. Uh, Now we're going to start off with 50 grams of butter One onion thinly sliced Two garlic cloves crushed A quarter of a cup of plain flour Two cups of milk And just warm that just slightly in the microwave or in a pot 150 grams of baby spinach leaves And I've still got heaps of spinach I should have brought you some. Do you eat spinach? Oh, I love spinach. Oh, next week I'm going to put it on my calendar to remind myself to bring some because I planted some about, oh, I had a good lot of spinach and silver beet, as we've talked about on previous occasions. Mm. But I planted, I sort of wanted to do a rolling spinach and silver beet plant. And the spinach is just boomed away so um, I'll put on my next week's list to bring you some I'm not surprised if it grows like my lawns they'll keep growing (laughs) all right thank you I'll hold you to that yeah okay and I'll put in my diary otherwise I'll forget and we've got up to the spinach leaves so now we've got 415 gram can of pink salmon and that's got to be drained and flaked two tablespoons of coarsely chopped fresh dill plus extra to serve because it looks pretty you know dill's quite nice you know to sort of spread around once it's finished and um, two teaspoons of finely grated lemon rind and two tablespoons of lemon juice and a quarter of a cup of finely grated parmesan cheese so that's your first part of the recipe we'll move on now to the potato and cheesy mash which is really quite simple but you've got 400 grams of potatoes and you can just coarsely chop them because they'll cook quicker that way two tablespoons of milk 30 grams of butter and one cup of grated cheese and a little bit extra to throw over that pie when it's finished so we're starting off with Preheating our oven to 200 degrees Celsius. Grease a shallow 2 litre, and that's about 8 cups, oven proof dish. Now we'll start off with the, um, the cheesy mash because that, the potatoes can be cooking while you're doing the rest of the recipe. To make the potato and cheesy mash, boil, steam or microwave the potatoes until tender. Drain. Mash potato in a large bowl with the milk and butter until smooth and then stir in the cheese and of course we always love to season to taste. Now for the Mornay we melt the butter in a a medium saucepan over a medium high heat. 
cook the onion and garlic, stirring for about five minutes or until the onion softens. Add the flour, then cook, stirring until the mixture bubbles and thickens. So we're just making basically a white sauce. But gradually stir in the milk, cook, stirring until the mixture boils and thickens. So that's basically your lovely uh, Mornay sauce. Remove from the heat and stir in the spinach because you don't have to cook the spinach. Spinach cooks in, you know, minutes or seconds almost. Um, Salmon, that's all been flaked and, and drained. The dill, the lemon rind and the juice. And season that to taste. You know, just have a little wee taste on a spoon. Spoon the salmon mixture into the dish. Top with that lovely potato and cheesy mash. Then sprinkle with that extra cheese. And you're baking it for 20 minutes or under the top is golden because it'll always look lovely, you know, golden. Potato always looks lovely golden when it's been baked in the oven. Or if it's not browning, you can always sort of, depending what sort of dish you've got, you can turn your grill on just for a, a little bit and um, that'll soon brown it up. And uh, and then if you've got a little bit of extra dill, just sort of sprinkle it over the top. You know, just in the little wee stalks because, you know, it's quite delicate, that dill. And there's your salmon mornay with cheesy mash. Oh, I think my mouth's watering. Oh, mine is. Yeah, I'm sitting here actually swallowing because I can envision it on a plate. And I really like lemon pepper. So when I make a, a fish pie, Good. I sprinkle a bit of lemon pepper over that the mash on the top as oh, well. Oh, okay. I've got mm. lemon pepper and I don't actually often use it. So that's a good thought. I'm just going to bust in with something I learned um, probably about 10 years ago now. I've had two vegetarian mates. I might have told you this. I think I probably have. And they came over and I was making my roast veggie salad and I put lemon pepper in that. And one was... Oh, one was one brand and one was another, but they were both in the boxes, like you get your boxes of spice. Well, I just looked on the back yeah. for out of interest. Uh-huh. One was vegetarian, one was not. It's lemon bloody pepper. I mean, what has it got a chicken in it? Well, it's got chicken <laughs> stock. Really? One of them has oh. got chicken stock in it. Now, if I hadn't have looked, I would have been feeding Gee. my vegetarian friends chicken oh, stock. Oh, gosh, that's, that's quite unusual. Yeah, well, they do stick. Chicken stock on a lot of things, or yeah. um, well, vegetable stock, but chicken stock partic- particularly because of that to add that sort of like extra flavour and saltiness as well. Yeah, exactly. I'd never have thought of that. No, me either. But there never. you go. But Check thanks the back. for that because I have got lemon pepper and I very rarely use it. So I mm. might, you know, bring it out of the dark space in the pantry and <laughs> and start finding reasons to use it. Oh, on avocado on toast, it's divine. There we go. I do have avocado on toast. Gail, when you get home, get it out of that dark corner in the pantry because that would be lovely because I put a little bit of lemon juice on my avocado as well. Oh, well, there you go. So there you are, lemon Mm. pepper instead of just ordinary cracked. Yeah. No, that's lovely. Now, Tanya, I've got to ask you, can you cook rice? Mm, I try the absorption method, but then sometimes I'm not so good at that and it sticks to the pot, so I just buy. And it's not cost-effective. Boil in the bag. The, well, those little $2, uh, the two-minute ones oh, that you put in the right. microwave. Oh, yeah, that you yeah. can put in the microwave. No, well, I was in charge of the rice. Um, was it last night? Yeah. Last night I was in charge of the rice and uh, not very good. I um, I heard my granddaughter call out and I left the rice on because um, my son usually sort of puts it in oil first and gives it a bit of a sauté and then says put boiling water in it after that once you've sautéed it. Well, yeah. she called out to me. I had it on the stove just to um, do the oil bit 
And then when I came back, I thought, ooh, I think I've had that on a bit long. But anyway, I looked at it, and there was only a few speckles of rice in it that weren't, you know, really shouldn't have been there. But I thought, too late. And I got the (laughs) boiling water from the jug, and then I got the pan because he said, you do it in boiling water. They were out. And then so I put it over the bench, and honestly, it was like a cauldron. I bet it went. (laughs) Yeah, it did. It did. And I thought, oh, is it meant to go like that? And the water didn't look pure water. It looked like there was a bit of a brown tinge to it. So I thought, oh, I'll get rid of that. I'll disguise it, and I'll just drain it out and put some fresh water in. But anyway, I must admit, I'm no good at rice. I I cooked the rice, but it definitely... (laughs) different flavour so I'm not going to be in charge of rice sorry listeners but I, I'm not a rice cooking person I'm it, hopeless it is hard isn't it because it either goes into a big congealed lump yeah. or it's a bit too hard and nutty or oh. yeah well it was it was sort of sort of soft enough but I, I, I just it just did not work for me so here I am doing a cooking program and uh, but I'm not a rice cooker so look there you are it happens to all of us now you can buy rice cookers, Gail. We don't need you for that. Oh, I've got a rice cooker, but I don't use it. <laughs> oh, well, it cooks too much. <laughs> oh, maybe you should start while you've got the whanau there. Now, you've got a everything red salad, which intrigues me. I think that would look great in a plate. Well, it looks, well, great in a plate. Look, I'm going to show it. Oh, you got a picture. Oh, yeah. Oh, that'd be great for barbecue sa- uh, season. Season? Season? <laughs> well, you've got to season it anyway. <laughs> but it, but it's, um, it's very attractive, as you say. And mm. I was just thinking, too, when I, we were sort of saying, where should we start? I thought, well, this would go quite nice with salmon mornay, wouldn't it? With the mashed, cheesy mash or not? Well, I Too don't see why what? not. I don't see why not. I don't think you always have to have veggies with hot stuff. I think it's quite nice to have that. We could have that. a separate salad bowl, couldn't you? Yeah, with this, and, and to have the nice fresh crunch along with that warmy yeah, creaminess. I, I why not? I sort of think so. I just sort of think, oh, that would be quite nice to go with that. You could just put it in a little separate bowl on your plate. But anyway, it's everything red. And it really appealed to me when I saw the illustration because I thought, no, like you say, that would look good. Beautiful mm. white plate. Mm. But anyway, and it doesn't take long to prepare, uh, about 15 minutes, because, you, you know, you're really um, grating while well, doing. Um, if you got one of those, what do they call them, mandolins? Oh, yeah, mandolin? yeah. No, I used them when I was, well, actually, I washed them when I worked at Ruth Pretty doing oh, dishes. Right. And they're lethal. Yeah, sharp. they're sharp. And oh. you watch them go, whoa. Yeah, yeah, and then when they get to the end, their fingers are on the carrot, and I'm waiting for a bit of finger to fly out. <laughs> well, it says with this, and I'll, I'll read the recipe, but it does say to use one of those or a V slicer, which I think is very similar to a mandolin. I've seen a V slicer too as well. I I don't own one, but yeah, but anyway, it says to use that. But to me, um, all else fails, just grate it. You know, I think so. Or could you use a um, a vegetable slice, you know, like a... Vegetable a, a, peeler. A, yeah, a peeler. You could sort of... Why not? Probably look as nice. But anyway... Not I'll for the cabbage, the recipe, maybe. Uh, that'd be difficult, wouldn't it? <laughs> but anyway, uh, basically what we're doing is uh, trim a 500-gram bunch each of baby beetroot and radishes, one small red onion and a quarter of a medium red cabbage. Now, it says, shave the vegetables thinly with a V-slicer or a mandolin. So that will, you know, would really get it lovely and fine. 
I'm not sh- I'm not sure of any other method actually just at the moment, but um, it says oh just plain knife I guess. But and then um, combine in a bowl. This is really easy with one third of a cup of dried cranberries, and um, not forgetting of course to uh, cut up your quarter of a medium red cabbage because I don't know how that'd go in a mandolin. Could you? What did they used to do that? Do cabbage in a mandolin or a V-shape because you know cabbages sort of all fall apart after you've done yeah. a few. Sort I can't of cut. actually say I remember if I was watching them that much. Ruth would have told me off for not being in the sink enough. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I think me personally, for something, I put the beetroot through and the radishes, but I would yeah. a sharp knife. I do, you know, like cut up the red cabbage, and you can do it quite thinly if you've got the right knives. And we were talking about this in a session too. Important to have sharp knives, truly, when you're doing something like this. Don't ever come to my house then. They're all blunt. Oh, no, I I wouldn't stand it. I couldn't stand it if I was cutting something. Anyway, you've added your third of a cup of dried cranberries. Now, whisk a third of a cup of um, virgin oil, uh, olive oil or that type of oil, two tablespoons of red wine vinegar, a half a teaspoon of smoked paprika and one crushed garlic clove now you're mixing all that you know quite well um and you know put it in a jug and season of course we're always talking about seasoning and pour over the salad and just toss it gently i love it just toss it so that it's all just slowly just pulling together and uh, have that lovely flavor of that dressing and oh look it it does look nice and Tani has looked at the illustration mm. it's beautiful and colorful impress people with this it's lovely actually everything red salad i think it would go well with steak from the barbecue with that real earthiness of the beetroot oh and it, you know like i mean i love beetroot i love it cooked Same. and um i have uh had it uh, raw in salad, so mm. it's still okay. But I think it does need to be finely, um, very, very finely, finely sliced. sliced. Yeah, very finely sliced. Nothing wrong with raw, raw beetroot. I've had it grated in a salad, but um, this, yeah, if you've got a mandolin or if you want to try this, you can always whip out and see how much they are and buy one if you're going to be using it a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. All right. Uh, I suppose we should have a song, a red song. I think we should go for a colour, yeah, namely red. Yeah. Oh, simply red? Simply red? Oh, How about red. lady in red? Oh, good. But you're wearing green. Oh, no one knows that. We're on radio. Uh, you're on green too, if you noticed. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're on Coast Access Radio and this is Krista Burr. Nobody 
Oldie, well, middle of the 80s, 1986, Chris Burr and the Lady in Red. Oh, very fitting for our program, Tanya. Well, with your everything red salad. And actually, I had to look up this word to make sure I was going to pronounce it properly, because you can't be on that, the table with Gail and me call it a clafutus. What's your clafutus? And a clafuti <laughs> apparently is made usually originally with cherries, which are also red, but your one's not made with cherries. No, it's not actually. It's made with um, with plums, and they're red too as well. So that's really good. Our, our um, mid-break song will fit in with both those <laughs> recipes. But it's actually, yes, you're quite right, Tanya, because I sort of was pronouncing it clafutis, and then I thought to myself, uh, I'm talking about this over the radio, so I really need to get it right. So I did a bit of research, and Tanya tells me she did the same. <laughs> and uh, we're both on the same wavelength there, and we found out that it's clafouti because I heard the the pronunciation uh, when I looked it up to make sure that I was doing it right. So it is spelled C-L-A-F-O-U-T-I-S, but the S is silent. So, mm. you know, so we sound pretty, you know, like knowledgeable when we um, when we talk about this. But this is a plum and hazelnut clafouti. And uh, it takes uh, an hour uh, for cooking and prep, so it looks like a beautiful dessert. And uh, I'll show Tanya the illustration because we like doing that to show um, Tanya the the look of it. So very, you know, it's a baked dessert. Basically. Oh yeah, those plums yeah. are just sitting in that that golden yeah. batter. They mm. look delicious. And I think with. Um, with cherries, if you you know if you could find cherries cheap enough, well you could probably do it with cherries, but we don't often find that, so we'll stick with plums. And these are, are red fleshed plums, and uh, and um, if you can't get any fresh ones, but you could probably use a can. 
I think you'd have to seriously drain them so that the batter did, didn't go from golden oh, to a sort true. of a, a splodgy colour. And what, it would probably be quite squidgy, wouldn't it? Because these are raw, so I, mm. we better stick to the, to the original recipe. So we're starting off with 500 grams of red-fleshed plums, 60 grams of butter and softened, a half a cup of caster sugar, four eggs, quite a few eggs in this, a half a cup of ground hazelnuts, 300 ml pouring cream. I think that's about one little pottle, I think. I'm pretty sure 300 ml is one of those little ones. And a quarter of a cup of roasted skinless hazelnuts halved. One and a half teaspoons of icing sugar. Now we're preheating the oven to 180 degrees Celsius. Cut the plums in half. Remove and discard the stones. Place plums cut side up in a greased one litre, and that's four cups because we were talking about a two litre one previous um, before the break. And so this is a four cup shallow oven proof dish. Now beat the butter and sugar in a large bowl with an electric mixer until light and fluffy. You know, you sort of get that lovely look where it sort of really does fluff up. Whisk in the eggs, now one at a time. So really, really make sure that you do that. And they say whisk it in. They don't say beat it in. It must be to create some air. Uh, Whisk in the eggs one at a time. Then whisk in the ground hazelnuts and the cream until just combined. Then pour the batter between the plums. So you're not pouring it over the plums, you're pouring it between the plums. So you, we still want to see those beautiful red upside plums. Now, bake the clafouti for 40 minutes or until golden and a knife inserted in the centre comes out clean. And you can serve that clafouti warm, topped with those um, roasted hazelnuts and I think that'd be lovely and dusted with icing sugar and I think these spongy desserts Tanya they always look good when you get a little bit of sifted icing sugar and just put it over it it changes the look absolutely but like I'm just thinking you need that sharp knife that you go on about because if you're going to serve it up to someone you've got my horrible knife that drags through it it's not going to look with the dusting of icing sugar it's not going to look cafe worthy is no it? it's not no so sharp <laughs> knives yeah definitely sharp knives and you can use it with I mean I know it's got that whole 300 ml of cream in it but that doesn't stop you from serving it with <laughs> another 300 ml whipped cream and uh or custard so you know it's um yeah no quite a nice one and it, it intrigued me with that name too and it's nice to know that it's something it's a french dessert Oh, I say. Yeah. We've just learned voila. a new word. Yeah. Clafouti. Yes, voila. <laughs> oh. Now, the next one I actually talked about on air a few days ago. I said, oh, Gail sent through her recipes already for Saturday. And it says in my email, treats for zombies. I know. What are we I having? Know. Eye of Newton. Uh, oh, it's just, know, you know, it's frog. pretty exciting. There's plenty here. But I think, did you put some photographs on the website? Yeah, uh, page. quite a few weeks ago I said, listen in near to the end of the month and right. Gail's going to give you a couple of good, recipes. Good, yeah. So we've picked out what I think is sort of like more or less the simplest, but I mean, there's too many to do. But uh, I'll give you some names and uh, I'll tell you which one we're doing. We're going to, uh, there's Frankenstein Goes Crackers, Graveyard Guac, well that's I think guacamole, uh, Triple Choc Bats, 
mummy munchies and crunchy baked eyeballs. Oh, I think you can so keep the eyeballs. Interesting. <laughs> but anyway, we've decided to to go with the uh, pretty simple ones, and we're going to do Frankenstein goes crackers, and they do look gorgeous, and they're quite easy. So what we're doing is, you know, you can get the square crackers. I I insist on using the square ones because I think they spread better with the with the topping, and they look better instead of the round ones. So. Um, spread a half a cup of avocado dip over 12 savoury crackers. And I've said square ones. Now, you can get those blue tortilla chips, and you'll see the um, illustration if you go back. Um, you can buy those little uh, blue tortilla chips, and you can sort of break them into triangle pieces and position on the dip to create hair, and you'll see that. Now, you can position the olives, black olives, um, slices to create eyes, you know, sort of on these. And I was trying to think what you could actually use if you didn't have olives or if you didn't like them. And I was trying to think, um, and I think I did come up with something, but I can't remember what it was Oh, I know, because my partner always eats those little salami sticks, the little wee ones. You could do a couple of rounds of salami on top of the guac. Good, those sort of like cranksky sticks or whatever they've got. Good thinking. I sort of, and did you hear that? So you could use those for the eyes. And then break a quarter of a cup of fried noodles into small pieces and position to create the nose and the mouth. So you can get those in um, cup of soup. Oh, you, be get, easy. you get the, the bags. The bags oh, can you get of, the bags of, of the fried fried noodles that you put on your salads? You know, if you're making oh, a Thai beef to make salad, it crunchy. Yeah. Oh, okay. You heard Tanya, and you can use that mm. for the mouth and the um, and the nose, and also decorate with red food coloring gel to create scars. Or you could actually just put a little dab of tomato sauce because, um, and don't use red food colouring because I think that'll run. So I think the tomato sauce idea is a good idea. And you can follow the illustration, whatever you've got, but oh, they look really great. And you can impress your mates, you know, with these. They're really, really good. Or if the parents want to make a few of these, when they come round trick-or-treating, you can give them one of those instead of a lolly. Yeah, Probably absolutely. far healthier. Yeah, much healthier. Oh, my goodness. All right, so we got Frankenstein goes crackers. Yeah, and now we've got triple chop bats. So um, this makes about eight. So you've got eight mini chocolate muffins and a third of a cup of chocolate icing also makes them up. And you can make the muffins. You don't have to buy them, so you can make more if you like. So you're cutting the eight... Oreo cookies, you know, those biscuits that you can get, and they're quite inexpensive. And you can actually uh, cut them in half and place them, arrange the biscuits and the ice to create sort of like wings. Now, position round white peppermints for eyes. And I was, again, thinking about something, you know, to change this, because they're very little peppermints. Um, You could create something else. But anyway, and then pipe a dot of... um, it says writing icing, and I know you can get writing icing. You can actually buy it from the supermarket, but you don't need to do that. You can just make up a little bit of icing, and uh, purple and black colouring make purple and red. Does that make black? I, I think know. icing. Anyway, you could experience. I think it's purple and red makes black. But anyway, it won't matter if they have purple eyes. 
So because it's all scary. Yeah. And uh, you can put a little dot in the middle of these, um, in the eyes, in the centre of each one. And honestly, they look really, really lovely. And I see that, you know, in the illustration, they've got a few red sort of like jaffers rolling around amongst it just to make it look good. But, you know, so simple, so easy and uh, just a novelty, really. Yeah, it's getting creative. It is getting creative, and you've got the illustration to follow. And did you put any of the others um, up as well, Tanya? Did you do the mummies and all? No, the mummies didn't really photograph too well. I mean, they're not—they're a little bit hard. But I got a little bit of the eyes just to the right of that. Oh, the crunchy baked eyeballs, but not below the eyes. Oh, okay. So I was looking again at the crunchy baked eyeballs, and I thought if you rolled up a sausage and some pastry, and then chop them like a savoury, but, you know, you won't want them too fat because, you know, they're eyes. You could just do exactly the same there and put some tomato sauce on them, turn them <laughs> up, and then just make little eyes out of something, and that would be good, and that would be yummy because everybody loves sausage rolls. Oh, everybody loves sausage rolls, but they look like bleeding eyes. <laughs> oh, my eyes are bleeding. <laughs> All oh, the no. zombies have bleeding eyes anyway. <laughs> and if you want to listen to Gail's older shows, you can find them on our website, coastaccessradio.org.nz. What are you off to do this weekend? Long weekend. Yes, long weekend. Yes, I'm actually, uh, well, I suppose you could say escaping, really, in a way. But I am going down to the hut to stay with my cousin. And I know a lot of people in the valley. So I'm going to take the opportunity to go and visit them. So that's my mission for the weekend. Kakiti anō. Kakiti. This program is made with assistance from New Zealand On Air for radio broadcast and through the accessmedia.nz website. Thank you, New Zealand On Air.